0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: One of many of this government's projects that's been disrupted by COVID since the last election is its proposed new public media entity to replace RNZ and TBNZ before the next election in 2023. Now this could be the biggest shakeup in the media so far this millennium, depending upon exactly what is proposed in the end. So what do we know for sure about this new public media entity so far? Well, it will have some income from the Crown and some from other sources – Presumably TV advertising and sponsorship, and the Minister for Broadcasting and Media has said that everything that's currently commercial-free will remain so, and it will have a public service mandate to underpin everything it does. And the last major move in this process came at the end of March, when the government appointed eight experts to oversee the proposal, the Strong Public Media Business Case Governance Group. Business brains from the company Deloitte have been running the numbers on what it would cost to develop, implement and run a new public media entity and their governance group will then examine their business case before the minister takes it to cabinet in October, which is just four months away. Now when that governance group was unveiled back in March, MediaWatch asked the minister, will the public be consulted in the new planned public media entity? The answer was confusing. Through the public
2: engagement, through the Charter, I think we'll get, um, regardless of what the outcome of Cabinet's decision is, they'll have a chance to engage uh, via this group to see what a Charter and what's important to them in terms of public media. I think a lot of the discussion will be what traditionally public media has been about. Importantly, a part of that engagement too, we want to make sure that we're speaking to the wider, wider media market.
1: But when we then asked the Minister, will the public see the new public media entity plan before the Cabinet says yes or no to it, the answer was clearer. No, that
2: usually sticks with cabinet
1: until they make a decision. Well, all that was three months ago, so what's happened since then? Well, back in May, TVNZ's One News revealed that nearly $400,000 was spent on an earlier draft report by another crop of consultants from PwC. Freelance journalists who are paid by the word at nothing like that rate were startled by that sum, and so were opposition politicians who lined up to call it a waste of money because the report mainly set out the state of the media landscape today. TVNZ's Benedict Collins reported it like this. The 100-page report paints a picture of the media landscape here and
2: identifies key players at both TVNZ and RNZ. The report itself says things like Kevin Kendrick is the CEO of TVNZ. Now, I knew that, and I'd be very happy to write a report for 400 grand telling everybody.
1: Now, in fact, TVNZ's chief executive is Kevin Kendrick, not Kendrick, but the reason that TVNZ turned to Acts leader David Seymour for that comment in the first place was that it was his written question to the minister that revealed the price tag on that report. And echoing David Seymour's concern about that, Benedict Collins put this question to the minister, Chris Farfoy. I mean, could your officials not have done the same job? As the officials could have, but the
2: Ministry of Culture and Heritage uh, that is responsible for media policy is, is a small shop.
1: Uh, and we knew that this is a big piece of work. Now after that, TVNZ's Benedict Collins said this about the business case that's now underway. And there's more. The Minister now hiring another firm, Deloitte, to complete work on the business case. And the cost of that...
2: In terms of costs, we're obviously going to want to make sure that we spend taxpayers' money wisely.
1: And the cost of that, another $500,000, was revealed by another written question from the Act leader David Seymour to the Minister earlier this month. The Minister for Broadcasting and Media said that the work that PwC was undertaking as part of the strong public media programme was paused early last year because of COVID-19. The media landscape they analysed had changed dramatically during the pandemic, he said, so Deloitte was therefore contracted to go through the full five-step business case process from here. And in the meantime, it seems that what the minister called a small shop at the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, which is overseeing the programme, has got a lot bigger. Almost $6 million was allocated in this year's budget for the strong public media project. Last week, a spokesperson for the ministry told Newsroom that that money is for the business case, but also treasury assurance activity costs, fees for the governance group appointed in March its travel and expenses, secretariat costs, strong public media programme staff facilities and overheads, crown law and legal costs, event management and logistical costs for the targeted stakeholder engagement activity. The ministry also told Newsroom 14 people were now working on the strong public media programme, 11 contractors and three employees. And a spokesperson told Newsroom... It's common practice to supplement the standing capabilities of government departments with external subject matter expertise because of the scope and complexity of the work. But not only is it complex, time is tight. The minister previously said the business case would be done by next month, so the eight governance group experts could weigh it up before he takes it to Cabinet for approval by the end of the year. Now, back in mid-April, the chair of the strong public media business case governance group, former New Zealand First Party deputy Tracy Martin, spoke to the Auckland-based Māori radio station Radio Wātea, and presenter Claudette Hauiti asked her this.
0: Can we then say that there will, there is going to be absolutely a merger of TBNZ, RNZ, or at this stage, are you still just looking at the possibility, looking at the business case, nothing to really to see here yet? You know, can we say one way or the other whether it's going to happen or not? Um, well, I think that's a really good question.
1: Well, it was a long question, and so was the answer,
0: I I actually don't think that one can say that we're looking at just a fait accompli, a merger of um, RNZ and TVNZ. Uh, We've been asked to put together, the the expert group with myself have been asked to put together what is possible um, around having a single entity and a single piece of legislation that allows our public media to do more
1: now clearly a lot hinges on that business case that Tracy Martin's governance group will analyze shortly and on Radio Waatea Tracy Martin indicated it would be made public after all at least in part
0: So the very first thing we've got to do is make sure we articulate the problem really clear really clearly so that's the strategic the strategic case of the business case and um, I believe it's the intention of the group that we're, as soon as we get that nutted out, we'd like to put that out into the public domain so that people can have a look at it, so that we get some real clarity about, are we, you know, have we got this right? Um, because without a really clear problem definition and also getting in the voice, at least a targeted voice of... What, do, would, what should a public broadcaster be doing? What should they be delivering? Um, they've got to work complementary with uh, the private sector. We, we can't um, have them, you know, sort of running a monopoly over there. So all of those voices, we absolutely need to get in. And that's what our challenge is going to be in a very short time frame.
1: And when Tracy Martin wound up her chat with Claudette Hoiti on Radio Wātea, she revealed that the deadline for the charter of the new public media entity was just two months away.
0: So I guess we're looking at trying to deliver him um, a business case and um, what we have heard that needs to be included in the legislation that creates creates the charter by August at the latest
1: one month after that interview, Tracy Martin then spoke to newsroom.co.nz's journalist Stephen Parker, who concluded that the governance group seemed to be shifting away from what he called a heavy duty restructuring of RNZ and TBNZ, and instead towards options for a new oversight entity with RNZ and TBNZ brands retained underneath. And Tracy Martin told Newsroom this. That doesn't mean that you would take RNZ and TVNZ and just smoosh it together. There could
2: be an overarching entity over the top. Whatever that overarching entity is, it
1: may have multiple brands underneath. And Tracy Martin went on to tell newsroom.co.nz, we can't dictate what the operational model of this new entity would be. Now that it seems is to be part of the yet-to-be-completed or revealed business case and newsroom Stephen Parker concluded that the governance group had defined the scope of its own remit to be more architect and less housebuilder. But if that's true, that runs the risk of repeating the problem a previous Labour government ran into during the 2000s. First, it gave TVNZ a public service charter, and then demanded it set up non-commercial TV channels, even though TVNZ's core purpose was supposed to be to harvest commercial TV revenue for itself and for the Crown. To use that building analogy, the government was the architect asking TVNZ to build a public space when it was already preoccupied with running a convention centre and a casino, which it had already built. Now, TVNZ doesn't have that public service charter anymore. The national-led government scrapped the law that enshrined it back in 2011. But a complication in all this is that RNZ does have the RNZ charter set out in law, and it's supposed to be reviewed every five years. In fact, in the week that the five years were up back in April, RNZ's chief executive, Paul Thompson, told Media Watch this. What the minister uh, has indicated is that he would like the review of the RNZ charter to be put on hold, and for the creation of the new charter for the proposed new entity to be the substantive process, which I think makes sense. But it's not up to the Minister of Broadcasting, or RNZ, how and when RNZ's charter gets reviewed. It's Parliament's job to do that. Earlier this year, Nationals Broadcasting spokesperson Melissa Lee put a series of written questions to the Minister of Broadcasting, Chris Farfoy, about his plans. Chris Farfoy then wrote to the Speaker of the House, saying it wasn't efficient or practicable to review RNZ's charter this year while his strong public media programme was working on something to replace RNZ altogether. But on the 6th of April, which is just one week after that governance group was unveiled and its mission to create a new charter for a new media entity, Parliament's Economic Development, Science and Innovation Select Committee announced that it will have an inquiry into the review of RNZ's existing charter. The committee met briefly earlier this month to talk about that and then again last Thursday morning to set the terms of reference for the inquiry. After that, I asked the committee's chair, Labour's MP for Hamilton East, Jamie Strange, what's the plan now?
2: We have opened for public submissions. The closing date for those is Friday the 13th of August. So people have around six or seven weeks, to make submissions to the Charter. Legislatively, we have to undertake a review of the Charter every five years, as soon as practicable. So I would encourage anyone who has an interest to make a review to the Charter. We will hear all the submissions, and then the committee will write a report, and then that report will be presented to the House of Representatives.
1: Why is the Committee doing this because, as we know, the Minister has uh, you know wrote to the Speaker of the House saying, "Look, it isn't really uh, uh, practicable in terms of the the way the legislation's worded to do this review now because uh, they've got a strong public media program, part of which is a proposal with uh, a new public media entity, and right now a group of experts working on." a charter, uh, which, if Cabinet approves it, will govern the new public entity, which will actually replace RNZ. So why does this committee think it's important to do this if it could end up being you know, irrelevant by the end of this year?
2: Now, we had a discussion in the committee, and we had a caucus discussion. There are uh, two parties across the committee we've got, we're Labour and National. So each caucus had a discussion. And then after discussions within caucuses, discussions uh, within the committee, we decided that it was the right thing to do to open the inquiry into the review. And the reason that we decided that uh, was so that people could uh, specifically focus on uh, Radio New Zealand in terms of its charter. And that piece of work, you know, the report that we write will will, will, uh, no doubt feed into the work that the uh, minister is doing. But we just wanted to put a specific focus on on Radio New Zealand as um, one of our public broadcasters and uh, give people the opportunity to make submissions.
1: Well, one of the members of the committee is uh, Melissa Lee, who is the National Party's uh, broadcasting spokesperson, has held that uh, role for quite a time and has been pretty active uh, questioning the government about the policy and the plans. Um, she said in a statement of her own, um, I believe that this uh, inquiry will be vital to getting to the bottom of the myriad of issues that surround public broadcasting policy. Do you think that there's a chance that you know people that really want to put the heat on the government over broadcasting policy might actually use this to... Uh, a a kind of scrutiny of the entire government, uh, public media and broadcasting policy?
2: Oh, look, um, as the chair of the committee, I will be encouraging submitters to stay focused on the terms of reference. And the terms of reference are specifically about the review of the Radio New Zealand Charter. And uh, when we do our report, uh, the report will specifically be focused on the uh, review of the Radio Radio New Zealand Charter. So it is quite a specific, uh, narrow inquiry. Um, and uh, you know, I expect that that um, our report will reflect that. You know, the first steps for us is to hear the submissions, and then to write the report, and we we'll, we will present the report to the House. At that point, you know, there will be discussion within the House of Representatives around any potential further next steps.
1: That was Jamie Strange, Labour's MP for Hamilton East and Chair of Parliament's Economic Development, Science and Innovation Select Committee, which is conducting an inquiry now into the review of RNZ's charter, while a group appointed by the Minister of Broadcasting drafts a new charter for a new public media entity to replace RNZ by 2023.